Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And I have got somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a great while. We've been trying to get this set up, and now the, the day is here. And so I am so excited to have Dana Mantilia joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. She is a speaker. She does layman's terms cybersecurity training. Now, if anybody needs layman's terms for cybersecurity training, I raise my hand for that one. And uh, I am just so thrilled to have Dana on the Intentional Encourager podcast today. Dana, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I lo- listen, I love that that long blonde hair because I am um I am hair challenged. I have short dark hair and uh, I'm just thankful that it's still dark here because it's turning gray here. And so I, I just I'm in awe a little bit of you today be- because of that. It's that I'm jealous if, if you can't hear it in my voice. I'm sure we could get you a wig and we could match. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be like putting lipstick on a pig. I will say that. <laughs> Dana, I, I want to start here with you today. This has been the most unusual year. I think that goes without saying. But I want to ask you, what has changed personally in your life since COVID-19? What have you discovered or what's really been very different for you in the midst of this pandemic as opposed to other years? Well, on a personal level, I, I work all the time, so I'm not home very often, but when we had the you know the lockdown and the kids were learning remotely, I was able to spend more time at home, you know, with my children, which was very nice. That was not normal during 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 the workday typically. So that was really, really, really a special thing. And then just trying to find some fun things to do to kind of keep everybody busy and you know, puzzles or games, theme nights. We had a couple of theme nights, which was fun. Um, and uh, so on a personal level, I would definitely say that was the biggest thing. And also realizing that we don't need as much as we really probably thought we needed as far as materialistic things go, you know, shopping all the time or or anything um, like that, like focusing on what what's really important here. I mean, at the end of the day, what's really, really important? And I think the emphasis on your family, whether it be your children or your parents, um, that, that really kind of came out. I haven't been able to see my parents in quite some time. They are down in South Carolina and they were planning on coming up in the summer. That obviously didn't happen. Then they were thought, well, maybe, maybe Thanksgiving that didn't happen. And then now their Christmas plans just got canceled. So it's going to, this is the longest time I've ever gone my whole entire life without seeing them. So it's, I think that's, that's been, you know, realizing how important these things are is, uh, that's some of the things that have affected me. You know, that's, I'm glad you said that because I know a lot of people that would be listening to this conversation are going, yes, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I haven't seen my mom. My dad passed away several years ago, but I haven't seen my mom and stepdad since Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And they only live about two hours away. And so, yeah, I, I can totally empathize with you because, you know, our lives have been affected like that. What you do, and, and I'm fascinated by what you do, and I want to go here for just a few minutes and then we'll dive into your story. You focus on cybersecurity and and being at home now, you you really think, okay, we have to do everything now virtually. But I have to feel like that that folks are just as compromised now 
from a cybersecurity standpoint as they've ever been, be, even working from home, even doing everything from home. As you mentioned, going shopping, people are now placing orders online that they never placed before just to get the necessities of life. How, what changes have you seen from a professional standpoint around cybersecurity during this pandemic? Well, I think there's a, quite a few things. It's actually a lot worse now that everybody's working from home because people were literally sent home and uh, to figure out, you know, oh, now I still I need to be connected to work. So, you know, whether they're connecting through an unsecured Wi-Fi or, you know, using devices that they're using for personal use too or their kids' devices. So, I mean, when that first happened, it, some people didn't have a laptop and there, there were no laptops to be bought. They were all sold out. So people were using their kids' stuff and, um, so that that sets up a whole whole slew of new potentials. Cybersecurity uh, criminals are very happy with uh, with all this new access they have, and and the increase in online shopping is huge, huge, huge. I mean, it's been increasing over the years anyway. But um, so that adds a whole other element of of potential um, scams. I tell people all the time that if you get emails that say, "Hey, it's Amazon. You just click here. We need to update something," or "Hey, it's so and so. It's FedEx. We got to talk about your delivery." Uh, don't click on the link. Don't click on the link. Go back out and log into your Amazon account and your FedEx account or whatever it is instead of clicking on this link. Yeah, because the Amazon fairy is not just going to show up at your house and go, hey, we've got gifts for you. And, and you're like, well, that's awesome. You know, especially gifts you didn't order or didn't request or didn't want. And I love what you said there, Dana, because I was I found myself back in July june july needing a webcam i didn't realize that the two most valuable things in west virginia were going to be toilet paper and webcams <laughs> i mean we're already technolo technologically challenged here anyway with the internet but you know um and by the way i had to pay the neighbor kid to hook up the internet so we could have this conversation he's outside standing <laughs> holding the wire to the pole to to have this conversation, but, but um, no, it, it's so funny that, that things in, in a world where everything comes to us faster and faster and technology, we're becoming more technology dependent. This is supposed to be the greatest time in, in human history because of all the things we have at our fingertips, but we really have a lot more at our fingertips that probably are not good for us to have. Is that, what do you what, what do you say to folks that that would say but i need to shop i need to go online i need to do this i need to do that because there would there are a lot of things i think dana that we feel like we need to do instead of taking a step back and pausing and say okay is it something that i really need to do or is it or there there's other ways i can protect myself and physically go to that store you know put a mask on physically go to the store and pick something up there what, what are some things that people are, are getting trapped into besides what you mentioned that are some things they definitely want to stay away from? Well, I think one of the big things is setting limitations on the amount of time that we and our children are online, whether it's on our phone or on a laptop or on whatever. And that's a big issue, especially during times like this when maybe there's not so much to do. So, you know, you're using the computer a lot more. You're sitting on social media for a lot longer. And uh, there's a lot of bad stuff that, that is, is, is not good for you, for, for your psyche, for your self-esteem, for anything. And, uh, you know, the social media platforms, I go into that a lot, talking about that and the detrimental factors associated with that. But uh, I would say people need to put 
limitations on what they're doing and, and step away, go outside, go for a walk, do something that is not going to connect you to the world technologically. Dana, I've got to ask you this, and, and we'll pivot here in just a moment, but I've got to ask you this. What's the one thing that cyber criminals want besides information that most people don't realize that they need to protect? Well, the problem is, is that they're, they're looking for information. They're looking for information about you so that they can put pieces together about you, possibly steal your identity or scam you into something. Um, so that's definitely, they're, they're looking for everything. And then what they want to do is sometimes it's easier just to fool somebody instead of hacking into someplace, they can just fool somebody and, you know, pretend they're the boss and they send an email that I need you to go buy gift cards right now, please. I'm in a meeting and I need them to, so, you know, read me the number on the back and I'll reimburse you when you get back to the office. And they, people react. I always say if, if there's urgency or emotion involved, that's what the scammers, the first thing that they throw out there because they know people react, oh, this is urgent. I have to do this. So you're not thinking as clearly as if you had a little extra time. And if it's something emotional, you know, like the grandparent scam, that is something that they're, they're, they're tied up. They're not thinking anything rational. So anytime anybody, anything smells a little too urgent or there's a little bit too much emotion in it, you need to just step back and take a minute. Dana, Dana, I apologize. I was a bit distracted. I just got an email from a Nigerian prince that I may or may not have, have inherited $75 million. So if that's the case, then the Intentional Encourager podcast is about to get way bigger. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I love, I love those scam emails because I I will glance them and they'll say they go into their story and there's about fifteen thousand typos mm -hmm. in these emails. And you look at to your point, you look at the email address and it's something just so weird where it came from. And that's the important thing is people, you know, scammers in the body of an email will put a legitimate email in the body of the email and the email address they send you something from is just so far out in left field. It's like, good grief. Okay. You really, you're, you're a hundred percent right. You really have to be careful. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So what's the number one tip? We're recording this before Christmas. We're going to release it shortly after Christmas and before the first of the year. So what's your biggest piece of advice for folks this holiday season to really watch out for online as predators start to, to come to the surface a little bit more? Oh, there's a lot of things to watch out for, but I, like I just did a video yesterday that was- Hey, we have a little bit of time here, so go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> I did a video yesterday on the holiday emails that come in because- in addition to the text and misspellings and all that kind of stuff, some of these emails, they really do look good. And especially if you are online shopping right now, I bought something at Amazon and you get an email from them, you don't really question it as much. You know, they just copy the logo. So it really does look like it's from Amazon. So I would say be very careful about that. And one thing I always recommend is that people use their credit card instead of their debit card. And the reason being is that because when you're using a credit card, you're using that bank's money. And then they're going to send you an, you know, your statement and then you're going to pay them. And as long as you can stay disciplined enough to make sure you pay it at the end of the month, instead of letting it bill, the next thing you know, you have a big, big mess, but uh, it's more secure. They're also looking out for fraudulent charges that, because they, they know it's their money and they don't want to get stuck with somebody buying TVs across the country or something like that. So they have all their little, you know, technology looking at things. 
And the difference with that versus the debit card is that when you make a debit card transaction, that money is coming right out of your account. Yeah. And depending upon your bank policy, you you don't you should check and see how how long you have to report it. If you even know it's gone, sometimes if you don't notice it's gone, and then you look at a statement a month later, it's too late for to report that. They're not going to get reimbursed for that. So it's just a little extra safety measure. So that with that with the shopping, I would say use your credit card and check the emails. That would be my two main tips. Or don't have your wife work at the bank that your credit card is at because I tried to to surprise my wife one time and buy something that she didn't know about with a credit card. Yeah. And then she was like, so what did you buy here at this place for this much? And I'm like, um, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you hide that? You know, cause you're, you know, your, your wife, is, and, and I, I have had that I've been traveling. It happened to me several years ago. Um, the, the bank that we bank at, I, I was using my personal credit card for work and I would get reimbursed and there were, there were no issues. My company was great about, refunding or reimbursing the expenses used but i was traveling in north carolina and my car got compromised at the chilies i used the 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 pay at the table and it got compromised and and my bank caught it like that i mean they they were right on it just catching it quickly and you're 100 right it, it it is it is totally incumbent upon your financial institution i mean they want to protect themselves as much as they want to protect customers because it's it's their money and so you know and, and it's already you know to your point the, the credit card market is already a competitive market as it is anyway they don't want to lose customers over something they could have rather rather easily fixed um i love that thank you for sharing that i want to pivot here in the in the little bit of time that we have left and, and tell your story um that's what we do here on the intentional encourager podcast we tell the story of the people that we have on and so dana Take me as far back as you want to take me from point A to where you are now and, and uh, just tell your story to folks. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start with um, back in 2014, I think it was, I opened, a, I opened an insurance agency. And then in around 2017, I wanted to offer identity theft protection to our clients. And I couldn't find any product out there that I could offer to them that was like B to B to C. Everything was direct to consumer. So developed a uh, platform with a software company in California and created our product. Then we created a platform for, you know, anybody who wanted to offer it, financial advisors or insurance agents or employers, whoever wanted to offer it to their group of people. So then we got that launched. Then I realized how much need there is for education in the cybersecurity world for regular, regular people like me, regular people. So I started educating myself and learning about a lot of the different um, scams that are out there and custom certifications. And it's, it's, it's a lot worse than you could ever even imagine. Really, Did really you have an education background? Was that something that had always been in the back of your mind? Because, you know, some people that, that, that are purposeful about those things, they have an education background or they've done some training and teaching. Was that in your background and your makeup? No, no, I've never, I've never taught anybody anything. I'm also not a technical person. So you know, people, I have a lot of technical people in my, in my network, my LinkedIn networks, and they, you know, they try to talk techie because that's the language that they all speak. And I don't understand that. So what I try to do is take one specific topic, break it down so that everybody would understand it and then add a little humor to make a video. So anyway, so that's when I realized there was a lot of education that needed to be done. So I thought, well, what am I going to do here? And I was watching LinkedIn videos and only a few people at that point were posting videos, but 
I thought, well, this would be a great place to teach people about, you know, some identity theft and cybercrime tips. So I, then I got nervous though. I was very not sure if this was a good idea because identity theft is such a serious topic. And I didn't want people looking at my videos and saying, what is this goofy lady doing? Well, how do you, yeah. How do you present that in a way to where it's, it's relevant, it's relatable. It's, it's, it can not, I'm not saying entertaining, but something that someone is that wants to engage with that, because the first thing you think with identity theft, you either think of a public service announcement or you think, oh my goodness, I, I'm scared to death now to even open my laptop. How did you get past those barriers to where you said, I can do this a different way? Well, I wanted to, to say, if, how, how could I explain this to somebody so that they would really understand, it? you know, like synthetic identity, just the term synthetic identity is overwhelming and intimidating, but I came up with a way to explain it using my daughter's American Girl doll. And I, so I laid them all out. They're all sitting there with their little social security number piece of paper. And I explained the way an identity thief will take somebody's, a little kid's social security number and create this whole big fake person and use that kid's social security number for years and years and nobody knows. So um, after I did that video, a couple of people reached out to me and one guy was actually a very technical person. And he told me, he said, I've been trying to explain to people that I work with, what synthetic identity is, and they just they just couldn't grasp it. And your stupid little two-minute video, I showed it to them, and they kind of got it. And then I was getting more and more and more comments like this. And then people started asking me, "Can you come speak? Can you come talk?" Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is before COVID, and I don't, I definitely couldn't do that with my schedule. So anyway, um, so help. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. What were your daughters at the time that, that you did? That? How old was your daughter when you, you used her American Girl dolls for for business purposes, how old was she at the time? Well, they are, I have three daughters. They are past the time of playing with their American Girl dolls, but we still had them. So they're and, retired for, for <laughs> recreational use. Now they've been transitioned to the business world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. They've so. graduated. They've, they've gotten their degree from college mm -hmm. and now they're in the real world serving, serving people well there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, so Dana, was your background, what was your background in prior to 2014? Were you, were you doing something in the financial world? Were you doing something in other, in other sectors? And what was that aha moment for you where you said, I can do something else with mm -hmm. my career? Well, I've, my family has had a Ford dealership my entire life. So I grew up in the car business and then I, I worked in the car business, blah, 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 worked at the dealership. And then ultimately started running the dealership probably 20 something years ago. 
And um, then that's why I opened the insurance agency because I thought, you know, this would be a good thing that we could then offer our customers. So we, I opened the insurance agency. And then from that point on, that's when I started the um, offering the identity theft. But another thing that I did too, I guess I'm like a little serial entrepreneur, you know, and not, not everything works out either. So you gotta, you gotta remember that, that I don't want anybody to get discouraged, but so I had a building across the street and then I wanted to, this is during 2008, 2010 when everything was terrible. And I remember somebody saying online, you know, even if you just buy yourself a new tube of lipstick, it still makes you feel, you know, feel better about yourself during these tough times. So what I did was I created a um, consignment shop for home goods, home, home decor stuff, and made sure that it looked very, very, very high end. We only accept amazing things. And I, I took that same lipstick idea with changing your throw pillows on your couch or, or you know, putting a new little decorative item that somebody else had in their house and that people would kind of bring these things in and then they would they would buy new things when they were there so that was that was really fun actually that is such a good you know that i didn't mean to jump in there i love that idea because my wife probably a month or two ago bought a couple of new throw pillows for the couch from a lady down the the street on our road or, or no a girl she grew up with was was selling them right and my wife said i've been looking for something like that and and during the recessionary time my goodness what a service to offer people they could go and get something that somebody else really wasn't using or didn't want and it could get repurposed for an affordable price mm-hmm. and, and what a, what a great concept i've got to ask you this i want to just for a minute ask you about running a dealership. I think that's amazing. What was it that you learned from running a dealership that you've applied to other businesses that you started and even the business that you have now? Well, I think the overall running of of any kind of business, I definitely learned, you know, from running the car dealership and, uh, you know, cash flow, all that, all that kind of stuff. I learned from years and years and years of being in, in the car business. And I, I still, I still am in the car business. I still oversee the operation but I have very good managers that do a great job. So that's a good thing. Um, so I definitely learned that. And, uh, but I, I think what I like to do is take, like look at a problem, like that whole thing with the, you know, times are tough, what are we gonna do? And, and try to turn it into something positive. And then at the end of the day say, you know, look, I helped people feel better about themselves, you know? And that whole thing is the same thing, like with my cybersecurity, this is really my real, I'm very, very passionate about this and, and helping people. Um, because it is such a huge, huge problem. Yeah. So I guess my, so this is what happened with COVID. So when people were asking me to speak and I could not do that. So anyway, now we're all living in the Zoom world, right? So yeah. then people started messaging me saying, hey, well, can we do a webinar? Can we do this? Can we do that? And I said, well, sure, let's do that. So so that's what, what uh, I started doing that. And it's kind of, you know, built into some other regular training. And I'm also right now putting together a course because some of the people on LinkedIn were asking me saying, well, how can my wife learn about this or my mother learn about this? Yeah. So I'm just putting together a very basic, you know, course that people can go through and it just covers some of the, the you know, the, the main topics and the phone, email, the mailbox, I just want the mailbox, you need to empty the mailbox, um, organizing yeah. the documents, all that kind of stuff that it's, it's, it's nothing crazy. And at the end of the course, you will really feel that you, I, you're walking into the world a lot more aware, I guess. Dana, everybody has taken now the, the news approach because for years you would see, and, and it still, still does when you watch the news, 
you see the anchors that would sit behind the desk and, and the, the men would have the nice sport jacket on and tie and, and, and something in their pocket, you know, pocket square in their pocket. And, and nobody saw what they had on from the, from the waist down because that's all the camera, you know, they had shorts and flip flops yeah. and things like that. So, you know, you, you can conduct a webinar, you know, you can, you can wear whatever you want from the, from the waist down. And in fact, I saw, uh, it was funny. I saw, uh, John Krasinski, who, who played on The Office, he was doing his his uh, web shows, and and uh, he had Steve Carell on. He said, "I promise you, you're wearing shorts underneath the desk," and and he's like guilty, you know. So it's it's a new world we live in for sure. I've got to go back here for just a minute. What was it like for you growing up in a family business? Because I had uncles that ran businesses my dad worked for my uncles and things like that I kind of saw it from the outside in you have more of an intimate way that you saw the family business growing up with with your family owning a Ford dealership what was it like growing up for you in a family business well it was uh, it was very nice I loved working with my dad when my dad was uh, was up here um, we kind of saw things very similar he taught me a ton 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 ton. Uh, which I will be eternally grateful for. And uh, so that was nice, you know, and then my brother came into the business and, you know, then, you know, sometimes, sometimes you don't agree on certain things, but you have to find a way to make it work. Right. So you kind of learn the give and the take and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, sometimes family businesses are, you know, not a good thing. And sometimes they are a good thing. Definitely got to see my dad a lot more than I would have seen him if I, you know, took a job somewhere else. So yeah, that's great. What what piece of advice would you give your daughters if they said, hey, mom, we want to come into the business with you? Because you, you obviously, and I love what you said there about working side by side with your dad and 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 your family and, and you see things one way, they see things another way, and it's it's you you find a way to make it work. If your daughters came to you and said, Mom, we wanna we wanna get into the business, what 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 lessons would did you take? from working with your dad and brother that you would apply to working with your daughters? Well, if they were going to come work with me, I would like them to work with me on the identity protection side of things as opposed to the car dealership side of things. Uh, but uh, I, I think I would tell them the same thing. That, you know, there's going to be times when we get, get along and agree on certain things. And there's going to be times when, you know, we don't agree and you'll, you'll, we'll go with your idea. And sometimes we'll go with my idea. And it has to be that it has to be that give and take. You know, and, and I'm glad you said that because the last 10 months of my dad's life, we worked side by side. And for me, I always wanted to not really impress my dad, but I had 16, 17 years of sales experience by the time my dad and I worked together. I had done things in the sales world. I kind of wanted to go, I want my dad to see how good I am. Was there a moment where you kind of felt that way with your dad where you said, I want my dad to see how good I am? as far as doing the day-to-day -day things? Yeah, well, I think definitely, you know, even like with the, when the transition with him starting to retire a little bit more, you know, there's there's a natural progression that, that you go through with that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess that's what I would say. Is it just, I don't know. I think I forgot the question again. You're talking about the transition? <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I mean, it's, Listen, you know, it, 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 it happens. I forget what I'm going to ask sometimes because somebody will be, will be talking. And I'm like, oh, I want to ask this question. And then, you know, easy yeah. come, easy go. Yeah, it, yeah. Listen, we, listen, we, 
we have no rules here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. We're just trying to have a great conversation that people want to listen to. I want to ask you real quick in the few minutes that we have left, and I'm, I'm grateful for your time. Take me through the biggest obstacle that you've overcome, either personally or professionally, and what was the lesson that you took from it? Oh, I would say probably uh, 2008, 2010 time period business-wise was absolutely the biggest learning experience I ever had. That was very, very, very difficult. And it, it was, it prepared me for when we had to deal with, you know, the COVID shutdown. That's, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible situation to, to, to go into where the business is not there. It's just not, they're not, they're, people aren't coming in to buy cars. People aren't coming in to service their vehicles. The economy is terrible. So what do you do? Yeah, I got to make some tough decisions, restructuring, letting people go, cutting people's hours, cutting expenses, cutting advertising, not knowing if you're cutting the right advertising for the little bit amount of money that you want to spend on the advertising. There's some expenses you can't get rid of no matter what. So how do you make sure that those get paid? Um, you know, cash flow is a huge deal in any kind of a business. I, I have cash is king, that's for sure. Uh, through the tough times, there's no question about that. But I learned a lot. I learned more in, in those four years than I think I probably did in the 15 before. Did it take a personal toll on you? Because I would have to Absolutely. think, I would have to think, and, and the reason I asked that is, is that I don't care who you are. You, you can have a multi-billion dollar business. You could be somebody like a Mark Cuban, who's a, who's a billionaire. When you run companies, there are times you have sleepless nights. There are times that you just agonize over decisions. Did it take a personal toll on you? Oh, definitely. And, you know, every time I turn around and say, well, it can't get any worse, it would get worse. <laughs> so I don't say that term anymore <laughs> because it just kind of jinx yourself. But anyway. So, no, it, and, and I'm glad you, I'm, I'm, thank you for your transparency. I appreciate that because again, I think we, we, we got people listening to our conversation today that are going, I'm there. My mm -hmm. business is there. Especially right I, now, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Dana. I, you know, they, they may feel like, oh my gosh, dad handed me this. And, and there could be some people that say, I am running my family business and we are struggling right now. And I'm so afraid of disappointing my dad or my mom or whoever they've taken over from because legacy is important in a family business. I don't care what family business you run. You want to continue the legacy that was built before you. And take it to the next level and take that family name and 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 push it higher and higher. And, and and I love what you said there about just having to make those hard decisions and and just really being transparent. Thank you for doing that because I know there are people listening that are walking that same journey and you're not alone. There have been people that have walked there before you. So I want to finish up our conversation with this. Give me your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for somebody out there today that's listening to our conversation and maybe are in those situations we've talked about or maybe have been a victim of cybercrime or maybe, you know, what is your biggest piece of intentional encouragement that, that encourages you? I would say that, you know, with all the people that are going through a very tough time right now, whether their company that they worked for or the company that they own is not doing well or maybe even closed down because of, you know, what's going on right now with COVID, um, that, you know, it might not be the same thing on the other side of this. Maybe, maybe that business isn't going to make it and it's no one's fault. It's no one's fault at all. You can't take that personal. No one has ever been through anything crazy like this before. However, 
I do think that the world will change in a way that will open up more opportunities to do similar businesses in a different manner, or maybe completely different, different businesses that nobody ever thought would be a business. I mean, if you look at online education right now versus where it was, you know, before COVID, it's it's completely, completely changed. So there's one thing that yeah. you know is gonna have different impact on people learning online versus you know going to school. So I would say, you know, don't don't let it get you down so low that you feel like you can't get back up because you can always get back up. You can always, always, always get back up. And you, sometimes you have to try something new and it's very scary, but just give it a go. Everybody, there's so many people that don't do something because they're nervous to do it. I mean, my thing was my videos on LinkedIn. I was mortified to do them. I thought, what am I gonna do if I put these out here and nobody responds to them and nobody says anything or they they make fun of me because I'm not you know, a technical person trying to be in a, in a technical world. All that fear goes through you. And then even as you do start going and then you get a few people that say some nasty little things here and there, then you have to overcome that and find a way to say, I'm not gonna let that let that bother me. And this is the same with kids too. You know, I have, I have this little thing, these power puffs, they're little cotton balls that I say, you know, you put them in your ears and you know what you put them in your ears for? Because you don't want, you don't listen to the good things that people are saying to you too much on social media, just like you don't listen to the bad things when somebody wants to be mean to you or, or bully you because they get so hung up on how many likes they have or how many whatever on whatever social media platform they're on, it's ridiculous. And they yes. hold too high. And when you hold that too high and somebody says something nasty to you, it destroys them. But if they said, oh, this is nice that people are liking this or whatever, just kind of took it in stride. And then somebody says something nasty, it doesn't really affect you because you're not letting yourself be affected by the extreme highs and the extreme lows. Dana, your videos are fun. I will say that you have taken... And I would say this to you, you've taken a serious subject and you've tried to interject some, some levity to it. And, and that's so important because again, with just like with this podcast is, you know, I don't care that we mess up sometimes. I don't care that we, you know, go off script. That's okay with me because life is totally lived sometimes off script. And I love the fact that you are just, you, you, you and I are kindred spirits because I love the way you present the things that you present. And uh, you, you've got, you've got educational TikTok videos. Like these are videos you want to watch instead of people dancing. Like, why would you want to watch that? Why in, you could learn something from Dana's videos. And, and I would tell folks how they can, I could gush on about your videos for 10 minutes or so, but tell people how they can find you and find your content. Okay. Well, I'm always, uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm working on my YouTube channel because I'm terrible at that. I also have recently really been diligent about posting onto Facebook. So you can find them on my, my Facebook page there too. Um, but LinkedIn is definitely, definitely, that's, that's where you can always get in touch with me. Just type my name in there and, and send a connection request. I'd be more than happy to connect with you. And hopefully, you know, you can, you know, learn a little bit about with the videos. Dana, you got to start doing like some magic tricks or something like that, or, or just, you know, juggling or something like that, you know, like, Hey, want to see your identity disappear? Do this, you know, and there's something like that, you know, that would be, that would be fun. And, you know, your, your videos, when they pop up, uh, for me, they're a must watch and, and I love them. And, and I appreciate that. Go to identityprotectionplanning.com. That's Dana's website. You can also find her on LinkedIn at Dana, D-A-N-A. Mantilia, M-A-N-T-I-L-I-A. And where, where can they find you on Facebook and your other 
social platforms. I knew you were going to ask me that. And I was like, oh, what's the Facebook page? I know, like, right? I do that same thing. Like, Brian, where can they? I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, if you type in identity protection planning and then, and then the name of our product, the identity theft product that I mentioned earlier, which is called Identron, then, then you'll find it. So it's kind of a, I think it's identity protection. Ooh, Identron. So, it, so are you going to have like a big robot that's Identron? You know, it's like like Megatron, like, you know, like the, the, or more like one of the transformers, like it starts out as a credit card and then it comes out as Identron. <laughs> that would funny. be cool. That would be so that cool. Be. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. This has been fun. Dana, thank you so much for joining us today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Oh, it was very, very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.